0: Hey there, this is Jen Wade, part of the core team here at Springs Church. We just want to say thank you so much for joining us and listening to our podcast. We are praying that it encourages you and it inspires you. And if you'd like to find out more about Springs Church, please visit our website, springschurch.co.uk. Here's today's message. I don't know if you're up to date with our church calendar, um, but I was actually due to, to give this message two weeks ago, uh, but unfortunately was not well enough to do so. Um, this message, I wrote it two weeks ago, and it's um, I guess the, the overarching theme of it is um, feeling victorious when we don't feel victorious. And, uh, and I wrote this message, and then I've had heck of a week, over the past week and a bit, um, for God to really say, all right, if you're going to write this message, then you're going to have to live it before you actually, um, before you actually can speak it out. Um, my wife and I have been away on holiday, and um, four or five people have asked me already, how was your holiday? Have you had a lovely time? Uh, the answer is not really. <laughs> um, <laughs> so on the, on the Sunday, I was due to give the message. It wasn't well enough to do so. We traveled down um, on, the, on the Monday. This is just water. Sorry, I know it looks like such puppy. Um, It's just water. (laughs) And, um, uh, yeah, on the the ferry over to France, our son Caleb fell from the top bunk onto Evie, onto our nine-month-old daughter, at which point we thought we'd broken two of our children before we'd even arrived on holiday. They were both okay. Um, Second day, I got stung on the tongue by a wasp. If anyone has ever been stung by a wasp, you know it's not very nice. Yeah, it was in the top of my beer bottle didn't notice and just took a swig and uh, then found out very quickly it really, really hurts. Uh, That's So, um, (laughs) just after that, Evie then decided she was going to be teething. So that was two of us with sore mouths and uh, so she didn't sleep for the next seven days and then Caleb grew a, or developed, a mouth ulcer the size of a penny and so he didn't eat or sleep either. So um, there was only Jen with a fully fit, functioning bill of health by the end of the holiday. Um, But... I know it's a bit of first world problems, but God really has said to me over the past couple of weeks, oh, if you're going to talk about being victorious when you don't feel victorious, you ought to live it first a little bit, I guess. Um, So the inspiration for this message really was talking about, um, I was looking at school being out for the summer. I'm a teacher, and so that means I get six weeks off for this year. Is this sounding a bit odd? Is that better? No. Is that better? Hold it closer, it's better. It's about there. Yeah, I've got a very bassy voice Mike. you might want to just turn me down a bit. I can, I can just shout, to be totally honest. This is only for the recording. Um, so yeah, school's out for the summer, which for, as a teacher is an absolutely incredible thing. For a parent, it is probably not... Uh, It might be depending on how much you like your children. And um, we, as a part of our last week of celebrations at school, we always do our sports day in the last week. And um, this is where I kind of got the inspiration for this message from. There's a girl in my class uh, who was in my class. I get a new class in September who just would not join in with sports day we've had two years of lockdown we've had no parents in we had 250 parents on the field all chanting and clapping and 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 cheering their child on and i just saw this one girl in my class just freeze and go yeah i'm not doing this there's no way i'm doing this and um she was doing the the classic egg and spoon race did anyone do the egg and spoon race when they were at school yeah we don't use real eggs do you know not anymore, apparently. No, no, they're like, you know, the rubber ones that bounce and fly off in any direction you want. It was one of those, which is very helpful, except for when the child drops it and it bounds across seven other tracks. So they trip four children up to go and get it back. But, um, yeah, she so just would not join in. It was the first time in front of all these parents. So I did my classic teacher thing, um, which was going down to her level. And talk, eye contact, and, and come on, we can do it, we'll do it together. I'll tell you what, let's go together. So I held her hand for the first bit, which is a bit shaky when you're trying to hold an egg and a spoon. But um, she, she eventually let go of my hand. She started to not, not walk, but, but jog. She went into a little bit of a run, and uh, she didn't win. She came last, stone cold last. But um, what we did in class afterwards was we made a real big fuss over this girl and really spoiled her and said, look, what you did was actually better than the people who came first, second and third. You overcame your fear and and, and actually we stopped and celebrated. And I actually then tried to start the next lesson and uh, everyone else was cracking on and doing their things and this this girl just was not concentrating, just wasn't able to do her work, just was not carrying on at all. Surprising given that she's six and it's the last week of term. Um, But... um, uh, I then pulled her aside and just said, are you, "Are you all right?" And she's like, "I'm just, I'm just, just so excited, just so, I'm just so, I'm just so," and she couldn't get her words out. And so what I actually thought was, what I've, what I've tried to do here um, is move on to the next thing. What I've tried to do is is move past her victory, move past her moment, and get on to the next thing. Maybe what I should have done is sit on that moment a bit longer and celebrated a bit more. My natural inclination is 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 not to sit and bask in victory and to bask and sit in glory. My natural inclination is to crack on and move on to the next thing. Um, but when I reflected on that, I realized actually the same, the same is true of, of our faith. The Bible is littered with verses stating that we are victorious. He it, we even sing it, I'm going to see a victory. Um, we sing about being victorious and winning Uh, I've got four verses to show you. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, it says, Thanks be to God he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 8, 37. In all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Deuteronomy 20, verse 4. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to the fight. He fights against your enemies to give you the victory. Philippians 4, verse 13 says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. But I don't know about you more often than not in my faith I feel like the girl who won't race I feel like the person who 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 stands on the race line and says but I don't I don't feel victorious um I know the bible says I have a victory but that doesn't but in in my day-to-day life I don't I don't feel that why is that what 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 is that about Why do we know that God's won a victory, but why don't we always own that and step into that? For those of you who love your Formula One, Zoe and Phil, I believe it's because we make a pit stop out of what God intended to be a podium. And so this afternoon, I'm going to speak to you from the title of From Pit Stop to Podium. Let's pray. Lord, I just pray that as we, as we speak together this afternoon, as we listen and as we reflect on things, Lord, I just pray that your heart would speak to us. Lord, I pray that um, people would not be distracted by words from the front, but Lord, may there be words that speak directly into people's heart. May your Holy Spirit come and may your Holy Spirit speak to people right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Guys, I'm going to jump to the first book in the Bible. The first book in the Bible is Genesis. It was a book before it was a band. And um, we're going to read from chapter 28. So we're jumping to Genesis 28. And we're looking at verses 10 to 22. We're looking at a guy called Jacob. And we're thinking about this theme of from pit stop to podium. Jacob, for those of you who aren't sure, um, is um, Andrew Lloyd Webber Joseph from the Technicolor Dreamcoat. And his shiny coat, it's his dad. So Joseph's dad, um, one of these early people that were, were, were in this place of um, trying to understand what God was but not having a, a home called Israel just yet. Um, so we're reading this ver- these 12 verses. Jacob left Bashirah and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and I will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? There is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. "'Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head "'and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. Uh, "'He called that place Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz. "'Then Jacob made a vow, saying, "'If God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey, "'I am taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear "'so that I will return safely to my father's household. "'Then the God, then the, then the Lord will be my God, "'and this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house.' And all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. An interesting little passage. Um, The long and short of it, those 12 verses. Jacob's off for a walk. He uh, is on a journey. Uh, He's done something not particularly good, the chapter before that we'll talk about later on. Um, When he reaches, when the sun goes down, he lies down, he goes to sleep, he has a cool dream. He realizes that God's with him. And then he turns the stone that was his pillow up to be an altar, up to be a, a monument towards God. You see, Jacob took a moment to celebrate what God had done. Think if I'd have been in this verse, uh, and if I'd have had this, this dream from God, I would have thought, oh, cool, great, let's go, and just carried on my way straight away. What I find really interesting is that Jacob took the time to stop, to consider, to turn what he had made from a pillow into a monument to God, and then he moved forward. I wonder how often we take a moment to celebrate what God has done. Uh, Lindsay brought a great message around this similar sort of theme a few uh, weeks ago, talking about creating monuments, creating times when we can stop and we can praise God for something that he's done. And that's the same sort of story if you look in the book of Joshua, uh, chapter 4, verses 1 to 8. Joshua is, is fulfilling this thing that Jacob had. He is fulfilling this promise of having their own land of Israel. And uh, Jacob, uh, Joshua lots of jays. sorry, <laughs> Joshua crosses through um, the river and, and stops and, and builds this monument to God there as well. You see, I, I think one of the reasons why I don't sometimes feel victorious, I think it's because our life is so fast-paced. There's so much going on. I've got, there's an endless list of things to do. And when you run out of things that you've done on your list, there's a new list that appears of things that, that have to be done as well. I guess life kind of feels like a non-stop race. And so if you're on a non-stop race, well, what do you do? You stop at a pit stop. You stop, you refuel, and you go back ready on the race. It happens in the Formula One. Um, Alex Albon recently managed to pull off a race on one pit stop. But most um, most races across Formula One, you'll have two, possibly three pit stops, depending on the length of the race. And So what if our life was supposed to be more than race, pit stop, race, pit stop? What about if we explored something that Jesus said, where he said, I've come to give them life and life to the full? Do we find that our church experience, our Sunday afternoon gathering, is its purpose to get us ready for Monday. <laughs> is, our, is the purpose of us gathering here right now, is, is this a pit stop to carry on the race for Monday morning? Or could it be something more? Oh man, I really needed church that week. I really, I really got something from that worship. Oh, that's good. It wasn't, it wasn't for you. It was for him. Um, I, I, I've left church hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times feeling topped up, um, feeling like, I can go into this week now. God's with me. I'm, I'm hyped up for the rest of the week. What if it was meant to be more than a pit stop? What if we were meant to have more podiums than pit stops? So let's lean into this story in, uh, in Genesis 28. How can we go from pit stop to podium? I've got three... Um, Points here, all beginning with D, so they're easy to remember, alliterative for you. And um, just to unpick a little bit, how can we go from, from race, pit stop, race, pit stop, from feeling like we're being drained endlessly, how can we go to having podiums in our life? The first thing that Jacob did was he made a decision. The first thing that Jacob did when he awoke, he said, when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. The first thing that Jacob did when he awoke was he thought. <laughs> he stopped and he thought. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. How often do we miss a podium moment because we weren't aware that God was in the situation? I know I've done it before. When Jen and I moved house a couple of years ago, um, we were moving just before the start of the first lockdown that all fell through because of lockdown. And um, our immediate thing was, right, well, it uh, wasn't meant to be. God God didn't mean for it to happen, then that's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll look somewhere else. And um, actually, what we did was dismiss the moment where we could have stopped and gone, do you know what, God, we're just going to praise you right now. It doesn't feel like a podium. It doesn't feel fantastic. But actually, what I want to do now is stop and praise and say, Lord, thank you that you've not put us in that house. Lord, thank you that you had a better plan for me. Lord, thank you that you knew where our family was going to grow up all along. And we did that when we moved into our new house. But what a powerful moment we could have had that we missed at that moment there. Joshua 24 verse 15 says, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But for, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Joshua, in that in that passage, knew the power of making a decision. Um, there's, a, there's a little Instagram page I've started following um, about, I don't know why it's popped up on my Instagram, but it's about building muscle mass, about being as strong as you can. It's not my cup of tea. I think it's because I'll follow Jack Civil's Instagram page, and then from there I'm getting suggestions. Um but one of the great things I saw in there recently was, um, he, he's put on something like, um, how do you keep motivated to go to the gym? How do, you, how do you keep your motivation? And his answer was, you don't. I have zero motivation to go to the gym after I've done my nine to five job. What I do have is a decision that I've made. In, in church circles, you might hear people use the word conviction. Not conviction as in you're going to jail. Conviction as in you've made a decision and you're going to stand by that. What if at every single point of our lives we made a decision to stop and give thanks to him who made it, to him who helped us there? Psalm 119 verse 30, I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I have set my heart on your laws. It's not a, it's not a bypass. There's not a passive faith going on. It's an active decision and Jesus had to make the same active decision on a daily basis Jesus when he was praying in the garden of Gethsemane before he was taken away going to go and be crucified said this in Luke twenty-two forty-two: 42 father if you are willing take this cup from me please don't let me have to do this if I don't need to yet not my will but yours be done what's the first step in moving away from race pit stop race pit stop what's the first step to to starting to feel like we can celebrate with God and have a podium in our lives the first step is we need to decide that the victory is God's it's not a heart feeling because you won't feel it all the time it's not a it's not a nice warm oh yeah church feels great today it's actually a cold hard no I've made a decision I have made a decision the victory is from god what else did jacob do in this really interesting passage after he decided that the victory was from god he declared the victory was from god early the next morning jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it he called that place bethel though the city used to be called luz a couple of uh, over lockdown actually we did a series called reframe what we were talking about there was how do we reframe our mindsets to have our, our hearts set up on God. What Jacob did here was he renamed and reframed the place where God's victory took place. So first of all, he had decided that there was going to be a victory here, regardless of what he felt. But Second of all, he actually declared that. Do you notice the, um, there's actually a physical act of something here? In the decision... It just said, Jacob thought. That's not a physical thing. It happens inside. It's internal. It happens in your brain. But what Jacob did here was he actually did something. He took a stone that was lying on the ground and turned it up and poured oil over it. I wonder how often, if we do notice, there's been a victory from God, if we do notice a breakthrough in our own lives, if we do notice that there's a podium moment, how often do we stop? and declare that God is good over that moment. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Exodus 34, verse 6. If you don't have the words to declare, there's a really good book. It's called the Bible. And um, the book is full of things that you can say when you don't have your own words. If you can't open the book, Google it. (laughs) there are hundreds of things that will pop up on Bible Gateway and Bible Hub, and you'll be able to find those things straight away. If you don't have the words to declare, it's here for you. 1 Chronicles 16.34, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his love endures forever. Hillsong 90s classic. James 1 verse 17, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. See, I I, I think there's a real power in taking a moment to declare God's goodness. And that's part of what we do on a Sunday here, our Sunday experience. We spend time declaring God's goodness. We spend time singing words to him, saying things to him, thinking about him. What did Jacob call his podium? He called it Bethel. Bethel. In the ancient Hebrew, this was written in, means house of God. And how did Jesus talk about his church? Well, in Luke 2, verse 49, Jesus is actually a kid. He wanders off from his mom and dad, Mary and Joseph, and um, they find him later on in the synagogue. And in in Luke 2, verse 49, uh, it says, Why were you searching for me, Jesus asked? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Didn't you know I had to be in my Bethel there's a similar word used here in the Greek that there is in the Hebrew Bethel meaning God's house so didn't you know I would be in my Bethel what a fantastic place we have right here to declare that God has a victory am I saying that every single Sunday should not be a pit stop and you should not do any topping up at all you shouldn't take any fuel on you should just come here just to celebrate no What I am saying is if we can reframe our mindsets around what this could be, we can access a new level. But you see, what I'm not talking about when I say Bethel, when I'm saying church, I'm not talking about the place. I'm not talking about the building. I'm not talking about whether we meet on a Sunday afternoon. um, I'm not talking about a church online or a podcast that we listen to. You see, in the Greek... Um, Some of you may know this already, but the word for church that is written in the Bible isn't church. The, the, The Bible wasn't written in English. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew, and the New Testament was written in Greek, and it's translated from that. And this word, instead of church, is actually ecclesia. And this word ecclesia has nothing to do with bricks, and it has nothing to do with wooden pews, thank the Lord. It has a lot to do with this. It means the called out one's. It means the people of church. Uh, And here's some scriptures where that word ecclesia is used. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the ecclesia and taught great numbers of people. It doesn't say met in a church. It says met with the church. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15 verse 9, Paul is writing this and he says, For I am the least of the apostles and do not deserve to even be called apostle because I persecuted the ecclesia of God. For those of you who don't know Paul's story, before he wrote half the New Testament, uh, he was someone that used to persecute Christians. And so what he was saying here was, um, my, my, my past means I'm not even worthy of this and yet God still allows me to be. My past means I persecuted Not the building of church, the ecclesia, the called out ones. And then um, in the book of 1 Peter, written by Peter, not one, that would be a very strange name, Uh, 1 Peter 2 verse 9, it says, you are a chosen ecclesia, a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him, who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. So let's bring this all together with this point. Jacob was not talking about making his podium a house of God. He was talking about making it an ecclesia, a chosen ones, the chosen ones, the called out people. What if our rhythm shifted slightly? There's a a verse in the message version of the Bible that talks about uh, learning the unforced rhythms of grace and, uh, and trying to beat the monotony of what church feels like of, of race, pit stop, race, pit stop. What if our rhythm shifted so that something like life groups becomes our pit stop? We meet on a Tuesday or a Wednesday or a Thursday as a group of small people, uh, t- you know, 10, 12 people. We meet in someone's house. And what if we use that as our pit stop there What if we got topped up as part of our life group meetings? If you're not part of a life group, you need to be. (laughs) If you want to be filled up in this church, if you want to be pastored and looked after in this church, that's how it happens. So if you're not part of a life group, you need to be. Getting part of a life group to have your pit stop, to get fueled up for the week, to to talk through the questions that you have about your faith that you can't talk about on a Sunday because it's not the right setting. What about if that becomes our pit stop? And then what about if Sunday, what about if our Sunday meeting as an ecclesia, what if that becomes our podium? What if every Sunday we don't bring a list of things that we need God to solve, but we bring a list of things that God's done, and we say, hey, My attitude for this is that I'm going to spend my whole hour and a half here worshipping God and thanking Him. Because on Monday, He let me speak to this person about my faith. On Tuesday, I saw a breakthrough with my finances that I never thought I would. On Wednesday, I met with my life group and I was able to to share some stories and they were able to fill me up as well. And I'm, I'm so excited about what God's doing in our area. On Thursday, I saw someone transformed at work. I was able to pray with them. What about if we come into church on a Sunday ready to celebrate God's podium. What if our expression of Sunday church became more about celebrating what he's done in the past week and and less about getting filled up for the next? You see, the church, uh, it's been said before, the church is the only community that exists for the people outside of its community. The church is the only community that exists for people who are outside of its community. In other words, we want people to know what we know. We want to spread the good news that we've heard. You see, the problem with a pit stop, it's not very inclusive. If you come in on a Sunday, and and Sunday is your pit stop, what happens in a pit stop is the mechanics and the engineers change things on the car. So the people involved in that exchange are the mechanics... The engineers and the driver. So these people might be the mechanics or the engineers, you might be the driver. Great. It's not very inclusive. A podium is incredibly inclusive. There's a picture going to go on the screen now of Silverstone a couple of weeks ago when sites won the race. Um, That is a crowd of people drawn towards celebrating. A moment. That's a crowd of people coming somewhere that is irresistible because it's fun. There's life. There's celebration in the air. There's a podium happening and people don't want to miss what's going on. So how do we help church to grow? We stop treating church as an as, as a internal pit stop. We start treating it as a podium moment. We need to be careful here and I may have I may have slipped up a few times in my own speaking as I've done this, but the podium is not ours. The Bible is very clear. The win and the victory is his and his alone. The victory was and is won by him who gave all for us. So that's where the pit stop analogy falls down because when it's a podium, that's not us. Those three people up there, that's that's not us. In the podium situation, what we're doing is celebrating what God's done. The person there who won the victory is Jesus upon a cross. The person there who won the victory is the one who gave all for us, who's able to do more than we can ever ask or imagine. We are the people coming here to celebrate the podium. Now, should we leave feeling condemned here? Absolutely not. There's sometimes a difference between what is said and what is heard. I'll give you an example. Um, my wife the other day came in and said, oh my word, there's so many weeds on the, on the drive. I can't believe it. I nearly fell over. My brain goes, thanks for the heads up. I will not fall over. Super duper. <laughs> what she meant was, can you sort out the drive and get rid of the weeds? <laughs> what my brain heard was, fantastic. I'm not going to break my ankle today. What I'm not trying to do here is I'm not trying to say, Oi, 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 never come to church and never bring your problems to God. No, don't hear that. Please don't hear that. What I'm not saying is that church should never be a pit stop. Church should definitely be a pit stop. There should be a moment of of filling up, of, of taking things in, of enjoying things of God. There definitely should be. In Hebrews 10, verse 24 to 25, it says this, Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Yeah, 100%. If you're coming here today and you feel like you're on your knees and you feel like you're saying, I just need something to top me up, I just need God to say something to me, you are in the right place. Carving out the time in your Sunday afternoon, You are in the right place. Every single race, there are always one, two, three, possibly pit stops. Pit stops are necessary. We need places to stop, to refuel, to be re-energized, to be given a fresh set of tires, to be sent out again to rejoin the race. But let's reframe our perspective on the called out ones. Let's reframe our, our perspective to say, yeah, I do need sometimes to, to pit stop, to get in, to get refueled. But I also need to celebrate God's victory, even when I don't feel like it. So what did Jacob do? He decided the victory was from God. He declared the victory was from God. But what did he do finally? He devoted himself to God. Jacob made a vow before God. This is what it says. Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I am taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's household, then the Lord will be my God. And this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And of all of that He give me, I will give you a tenth. What did Jacob do? He made a vow. He made a devotion. He devoted himself to God. Straight after... He had declared God's victory. This vow comes straight after he changes the the stone from a pillow into a monument. Jacob made a vow to continue on his race, to continue on his journey. He also made a vow to give to God. The the verse says here, I'll give a tenth, which is kind of where we get the the, the thing of tithing from or giving our, our finances to God. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about how can we... Give of ourselves to God. We've decided that he's won a victory. We have declared that victory out. But now it's time for the bit that we would have probably done and missed out these two steps. Go. (laughs) Go and devote yourselves. Go and vow that you will continue that good race. Jacob dedicated that moment to him. He celebrated a victory. And he created a podium For God to stand on so when we have a win in our lives when we feel like hey something's gone well today recognize it's from God decide it's from God make that decision declare that it is from him and continue to march forward that could be uh, you're, you're continuing to march forward. It could be a prayer. It could be a thought. It could be something you write down. It could be something you say to yourself. It could be a song you listen to. But, but something to say. Hey, now that you've won the victory, I'm going to carry on. Deuteronomy 20, verse 4: For the Lord your God is He who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies. To fight for you against your enemies to give you the victory. I'm aware that I've spoken a lot about creating a podium and not really giving any examples of where you might make one. I think we should make a podium every time we beat an enemy in our lives. Let me explain what that might mean. That's churchy talk. Um, every time you pick up your Bible instead of your phone, that's a victory right there. Stop, decide, declare, and devote. You open that Bible, you decide that God won that victory in your life, you declare, thank you, Lord, and you crack on. I'm not talking about a long, drawn-out process that takes three hours. I'm talking about 30 seconds. How about a victory every time you get a chance to share your faith with a friend? That is a victory. Decide, declare, and devote. How about every time... You pray instead of getting distracted. That's a big one for me. Distractions are everywhere. Every time you decide to not watch that thing that you know you shouldn't be watching. Every time you talk to your kids about Jesus. Every time your, your family reach a milestone. Your kids finishing a school year. Um, a promotional or a good appraisal at work. Yeah, these are things of the world. But God's with you. He gave you the victory. So decide that it came from him declare that it came from him and then devote yourself to march forwards Caleb had his um, first school report um, just gone a couple of weeks ago and um, bless him there was a little line at the bottom that just said um, Caleb is always kind and uses his manners well he shares with his friends and wants to make them feel welcome and so Jen and I took a moment and decided no, do you know what? We're going to celebrate a podium here. Yeah, we're going to make a big deal about, about Caleb and we're going, to, we're going to talk to him about how good that is and how proud we are of him. But also, we're going to pray as a family and we're all going to say, God, thank you for these words. Thank you that this is what his teacher thinks of him. Lord, thank you that, that this is the way that Caleb is at school, that he shows his, his good character in that way. We're going to decide that God won that victory. We're going to declare it. And then we're going to devote ourselves to continuing that journey. It would have been so easy just to, uh, like we did with the house, it would have been so easy just to pass on that moment. Oh, that's really cool. Well done, mate. Next thing. But actually, we made a decision to sit on that and to celebrate a podium for God. i would written down here that um, there was a leap of faith in Danny's life because this was the week I was meant to share it, but um, Danny already shared that a couple of weeks ago with Pete about being able to share and pray for someone in his, in his work life. At that point, when we're on that, that, on that moment of something's happened, it could be minor, it could be major, let's decide and declare and devote ourselves to him. The band are going to come back on now, uh, and I'm just going to, Um, I feel like there's someone here who is not feeling worthy of a victory. Um, you might feel God doesn't, God doesn't, hasn't won a victory in my life. I don't. I've never felt victorious. Uh, I don't actually deserve a victory. If that's if that's you and you're feeling that way this afternoon. You need to go and read Genesis 27, which is the chapter before the chapter we just read. In Genesis 28, we just read this, God blessed Jacob with a dream. In Genesis 27, Jacob cheated his blind father out of his inheritance and stole it from his brother. We're not talking about a good man. (laughs) We're not talking about a perfect man, definitely not. What we're talking about is a human being. Someone that doesn't feel victorious. Someone who regularly messes up. Someone that doesn't feel like this is a victory that they can win. But still, God says, No. I chose that, that podium. That podium moment. I chose that victory for you. So whether you feel like it, or not whether our feelings align with what God says or whether they don't it doesn't change the fact that his word never changes it doesn't change the fact that God still picked Jacob even after everything he'd done God still gave him a victory he still had a podium to go and celebrate no matter what he'd done so I'm going to wrap this up now I'm going to pray I'm going to say two prayers Three prayers. <laughs> the first prayer I want to say is, is for someone who maybe you haven't started this journey of faith yet. Maybe you're someone who um, feels like, oh, I don't even think I'm a Christian. I, I haven't done anything or said anything that makes me feel like a Christian. Well, I'm going to pray a prayer that, will, that if you say in your heart, will change that in an instant. The Bible, the Bible talks about being born again not physically but spiritually and so we're going to pray that prayer for you in a moment if you're someone who wants to make that make that commitment today i want to pray a prayer for the people who don't feel like they've had a victory in a long time maybe you maybe it spoke to you just when we talked about jacob cheating his mother and fa- uh, cheating his father and his brother and actually you don't feel like you deserve a victory i want to pray that god would change that mindset within you i'm going to pray that second And then finally, I'm going to pray a prayer for for the rest of us to commit to celebrating and to commit to pursuing God's podiums and refuse to constantly live our life as race, pit stop, race, pit stop, race, but stop and have some podiums. So those are going to be my my three prayers. And then we're going to, then the band are going to sing and we're going to have some time for for our hearts to, to respond to God, I guess. So that first prayer If you would bow your head and close your eyes with me, that would be fantastic. Let's make this a private moment between yourselves and the Lord. So this prayer is for people who feel like they they want to make a commitment to this faith. This prayer is for people who don't have all the answers, who have lots of questions, but they know that their heart's beating quickly right now, and they want to make a commitment to, to Jesus today. If that's you, just say this in your, in your heart right now. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you that you gave your life for me. Thank you that that means now I, I can celebrate and I, I can believe in you. Lord, please come and help me in this life. Come and be with me. Come and live inside me. Come and, come and make your home in my heart. Lord, I'm sorry for the things that I've done that have offended you. I'm sorry for the things I've done that I didn't know offended you. Lord, please forgive me. Thank you that today I can be born again because of you. Amen. Amen. We're just going to take a moment. And if anyone, as every head is bowed and every eye is still closed, if anyone said that prayer for the first time this evening, We want to help you on this journey. We want to put a Bible in your hand. We want to help you get connected into a life group. So if that was you and you said that prayer, would you be really brave and could you just look up and make eye contact with me and I'll know that that's you to go and give you a Bible. Pray with you. Amen. Amen. I'm going to say our second prayer now and this is for people who you feel like you've not had a victory. You feel like you've never had that podium moment. And um, you feel almost unworthy to the point of, God, why would you bother picking me? I'm going to pray this prayer for you. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you that you died for me. Lord, in my heart, in in my nine to five, in my everyday life I don't feel very victorious I know the Bible says it I don't always feel it sometimes Lord I don't feel like I'm even worthy of of you and of your victories but Lord I know that your word never changes I know that your word says that you have given me the victory. I know that your word says you came to give me life and life to the full. I know that your word says you have made me more than a conqueror. And so, Lord, today, would you take down the strongholds in my mind that make me feel unworthy? Lord, would you take down the strongholds in my mind that stop me feeling victorious? Lord, would you give me a fresh heart? The Bible says take captive every thought and make it obedient to God. Lord, would you do that in my heart? Right now. Amen. Amen. Lord, we commit this afternoon. We commit to pursuing a podium. We refuse to believe this life is race, pit stop, race, pit stop, without any ends. Lord, we know that you've won a victory. And so we're going to consciously now choose to put you on that podium. Lord, we're going to consciously choose to stop, decide, declare, declare, and devote ourselves to you. We're going to take a moment to celebrate you. We're going to take a moment to say thank you. Lord, this week, I pray that, that as we gather in life groups, if we can, I pray we would use that as our pit stop, ready to come and celebrate the podium next Sunday. Thank you, Lord. In your name, amen. Amen. thanks again for listening to hear more of our messages make sure to subscribe to our youtube channel and our podcast channel for past preachers if you feel like you got something out of today's message why not share it with your friends and spread the good news of jesus we are praying for you we love you so please if you need anything at all check out springschurch.co.uk god bless